Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in K-State, hosted by Reggie Blackwell and Joe Matthew. Today, Reggie and I talk about the game of the year against the Texas Longhorns coming up on Saturday. Win that one, and K-State has the inside track and controls their own destiny to make the Big 12 championship game. We also talk a little bit about basketball recruiting and our favorite memories of Bobby Knight. We'll get right into the podcast, but first, a message from our sponsor. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to the Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Good afternoon, Joe. How you I'm doing good. How are you doing? Okay, great. Good football last week. Uh, you know, we're recording a little bit later than we normally are in the week, so we won't do too much on the Houston game, which was one that was quite the game for K-State in all areas. Special teams, offense, defense, everybody looked great. Mm-hmm. One of the most solid, complete games that K-State has put together in probably a couple of years across the board. And as I was watching the game, it was it was like we were watching us play Southwest Missouri State or something like that. It was that dominating. I was, no, you know, was I, I kept thinking, why is Houston in our league? <laughs> we all know why, but they're I mean they're not stacking up to the current Big Twelve members at this point. They've got a ways to go to catch up to everyone else. Let's just put it that way. No, you're exactly right about that one, Joe. They um, they didn't – I don't know if it was a matter of Houston being that, that bad, or did we just play that well? Yeah. I think it was a little bit both, but – Yeah, because Houston didn't look that bad. Obviously, they played a very bullish game against Texas the week before, but that's kind of mm-hmm. – you know, they were at home and – a little Texas rivalry, a little spirit there. But for yeah. the most part, they have been competitive against other Big 12 teams. We just seem to be firing off on everything last Saturday. Yeah, they've, uh, <laughs> they're kind of hard to figure out. They played a couple of close games and then they got blown out too at the same time. But, you know, we didn't. <laughs> We didn't really see much of Avery Johnson in the game. Will Howard played most of the game. Of course, Avery had that fumble on the handoff exchange early on in the game, and then, you know, gave Climate a reason to sit him and kind of 
<laughs> teach him a lesson, I guess, by giving him some bench time. But it was good because the game wasn't even close or competitive. So we definitely didn't need Avery Johnson in that game. No, Will Howard started the game 12 for 12. Uh, as you can see, the emergence of Avery Johnson, as we spoke about last week, has truly pushed Will Howard, I think, to a better game uh, to yeah. get his game in order. But I will tell you that drop by Avery, a freshman mistake, no doubt, uh, I would have brought him back immediately the next series just from a mental standpoint. He did come back in the game, did throw a touchdown. It was more of a mop-up duty, but yeah. I would have just came back to him because the game was in hand. Mm -hmm. I would have came back to him sooner than later. Yeah, I didn't really have a problem with how Kleiman handled that. Like I said, it wasn't a real competitive game anyway. And Avery came back in and, you know, ran the offense efficiently. He didn't make any other mistakes. So it all worked out in the long run. So, Well, no, absolutely. So, I mean, we had stars across the board for candidates of our big baller of the game, um, you know, from Will Howard, who had a very good game, consistent, didn't have to play the entire game, but was 15 to 17 for 164 yards, you know, probably as Kleiman stated in his press conference, three touchdowns, one of his most complete games of the year. That was mm -hmm. a very good game. Also, Will Howard had uh, 24 yards rushing, zero turnovers, executed the offense very well. So he was very complete. Um, but I also liked, again, the way D.J. Giddings ran the ball. You know, he was just shy of 100 yards. He had 96 yards on 13 carries, a long of 14 yards. He carried the ball very well as well. Yeah, I think what well, Climate said, that might be the best game that Will Howard has played at K-State. Right. So he was really impressed with him. I wouldn't go that far from my perspective, but, you know, there's no complaints with how he played. And, yeah, D.J. Giddens had another strong game. So, And then you have Phillip Brooks, you know, five receptions, uh, 83 yards, a couple big catches. He was wide open on the touchdown the 40-yard one, but he did make a nice contested catch uh, in the game as well. Just seemed like he's becoming our more reliable, dependable receiver. Yeah, all of a sudden, Phillip Brooks was back. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought about that was kind of disappeared there for a couple games. He didn't hear much of him, but he had a real solid game on Saturday, so that was good to see. Yeah, and then overall, the defense, a couple candidates in particular, I think Will Lee uh, is getting over his injury. He's trying to get his spot back. He played a very good game, you know, had six tackles yet, created a fumble with the turnover on a nice hit uh, later part of the game, had an interception as well, and had a nice pass breakup. He just overall, to me, played a solid game. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely on that. Uh, but another guy that's been playing very well, too, and he's just going about his business. A lot of people are not talking about him as much. The safety, Marquis Siegel. Yeah. Uh, he had seven total tackles, 
one ta one tackle for loss, but it just seemed like he's playing the safety spot with very good discipline, good eye movement, and uh, him and uh, Savage when they kind of switched. Now, not now he didn't switch spots, but Payne switched spots with Savage. But it just overall seemed like Payne, Savage, and Siegel. Now the three safeties are kind of getting on the same accord. Yeah, they're all playing well. And uh, my buddy who I was sitting at, with at the game, I comment to him sometime in the third quarter. I said, man, that Siegel, he's playing well. So I, I verbalized that during the game because he was, he was, he was all over the place and really, really playing well. And, you know, that's good to see. And all those guys are playing well, but Siegel has been kind of sticking out as, you know, really raising the level of his game. No, I would agree. So it's a very hard choice for me um, to really pick one person collectively. I got to go again. Anytime you can pitch a shutout in a Big 12 game against a Big 12 opponent, that's a major accomplishment. I don't care who you play and which team. But to be able to shut Houston out 41-0, to coming off of another basically big where you only gave up three points, I got to give my big baller once again to Klanderman and the whole defensive unit for a great job. Offensively, we got some things done. But to be able to hold a Big 12 opponent to zero points is quite the accomplishment. Especially Houston, you know, they've they've been successful passing the ball and they can move the ball downfield and score. So it makes it all that more impressive to shut them out. Yeah, it definitely does. Because their quarterback is not no slouch. No. And they got some pretty good receivers. But I think yeah. as a unit, it feels like the Kansas State defense is playing more looser. They're flying around the ball. I think they're not overthinking things. Maybe Kleinerman and Kleiman simplified a few things on the defense, so giving them less things to think about and just giving them just a few calls and just really, really got them running and flying around. Yeah, and it's coming at the right time. They're playing the best football with the game of the year coming up tomorrow. Absolutely. So, big baller, K-State defense. So let's switch gears to the biggest game on the calendar. Uh, Kleiman mentioned it earlier. When you plan meaningful games in the month of November, that means you're doing something right. Um, we're probably right where we thought K-State would be. I, I wouldn't have thought that they would have two losses. I thought they would be coming in here with one loss. I didn't think the loss would be to Oklahoma State. But we're probably not too far off the calendar of off the where we think K-State should be. But it's really, really going to be, uh, I say, kind of somewhat surreal after we, if we can beat Texas this week, what we would have, could have, should have did if we beat Missouri and Oklahoma State. I because know, it could have been really a special year. That's exactly what I was thinking earlier this week, is if we beat Texas, man, we could uh, – you know, you got to take it a game at a time, but, right. man, you you run the table, and then you still got those two losses earlier, which – and I wanted to ask you, too, 
what if we play Missouri, say a week from Saturday again? How different does that game look? Or even Oklahoma oh, I, State. I just thought about. I just had that conversation with a buddy earlier today. I think Missouri is playing well. They're doing good, but they I are. think we're playing much better. Yeah. And even the way we played, we still had a chance to win that game. Yeah. At the level what we played at. So that's, that makes you, it stings in your heart on that one. Yeah. And, you know, with the, with still only four teams in the playoffs, you know, a two loss K State team, even if they were to run the table, isn't going to get in there. No, it's not going to win the Big 12, you know. That's a conversation for another day, but. With the expanded playoff, they they would get in, I guess, if there's an automatic berth for the Big 12 champion. But, yeah, not this year. They're not. There's no shot. No, and that's what to keep things in perspective, though. Yeah, we're not going to diverge too much uh, in talking about a 12-team playoff. But I do think we have to be mindful of – winning the conference championship now, even if you have a loss or two, it's going to get you that automatic bid. Yeah. The way it's set up right now. So, you know, winning 12, you know, it's not going to mean that you always got to go 12 and 0 and win the pitcher to get it to the show. If yeah. you can win your conference, even if you got a loss, you can get in there. Yep, that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Yeah, Alabama with a loss or two will get in. K-State with a loss or two will not. So, Yeah, one loss, I still think. One loss, though, Joe, we still would have a shot. Yeah, true. I think Texas with one loss would probably get in. We'd have to see, though. No doubt. So what you got for me for Wapping Fire for this week? All right. Number one. Okay. Vegas has the spread at Texas, favored by four points. So, who covers the spread, Texas or K State? Well, you got to take K. Yeah, you got to take say State. That's, I mean, four is smaller than I thought. I think the uh, twenty years factor plays into that. But I'm gonna take K State to cover. All right. So, K State averages 226 rushing yards a game. Texas gives up 97.9 yards a game. So my question is, which team gets closer to their average on Saturday? I still think K-State gets to his more closer to his average. It may not get there, but Texas has not seen a rushing attack team that really relies on the rush and will stick with the rush as they will see in K-State. I don't even think Alabama – was a team that will rush the ball as good as we will uh, on a consistent basis. So I think we're the most consistent rushing attack team that they will see all year, inclusive of Oklahoma. I would hope K-State gets more than 100 yards rushing, closer to if we only get If we get less, if we only get 96, it might be a long day. Yeah, exactly. So, does the loser of this game still have a shot at the Big 12 championship game? In other words, is this a elimination game? I think it's absolutely an elimination game because unless something dramatically happens and it really gets reared down the stretch, I don't think things are going to fall like they did last year where you can have two Big 12 losses and still get in. 
I don't think that and the tiebreakers and all those things have to fall, you know, it's going to be very difficult because I think Texas, they'll have a loss over Oklahoma and us. It would be hard for them to get back in unless something, you know, unless we stub our toe down the stretch, which is possible mm-hmm. to either Baylor, KU, or Iowa State. And then also, I don't think that Oklahoma, with the exception of the game that they got tomorrow against – I think that's the only other team that can possibly beat them mm-hmm. in the regular season with the schedule that they have left. Okay. So will Avery Johnson play more than 15 snaps? Hmm, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. I think we're going to need the quarterback run game. I think Avery Johnson is going to play um, more than 15 snaps. I'm probably right at it. I think we're going to need his legs to kind of change the pace a little bit for this game to give Texas some various different looks, as many things as we can. I think you're going to see the playbook from Colin Klein really be opened up. I think we're going to pull every thing out of the book that you can think of. Flea flicker, two quarterbacks in at the same time, uh, all kind of different things. Double pass. You may see everything tomorrow. All right. So we'll get back into the game and give our final thoughts about it, but uh, with legendary Hall of Fame coach Bobby Knight passing away yesterday, what is your favorite Bobby Knight memory? Well, it's got to be when he threw the chair. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah, Bobby Knight uh, was a passionate coach. But the one thing that I like, I never met Bobby Knight. I've only just read about in experiences. If you look at everything, all the players always liked him. Yes. So as a matter of however way the public or any of us may have thought of him or thought that he was a kind of a prick or whatever. Everybody to a man, a basketball that played for him or even played with him on the when he was the Olympic coach, everybody loved him. Yeah. So I, I think you got to give that kudos to Bobby Knight. Mm-hmm. Rest Definitely. in peace. Yeah, my favorite is uh, when he was coaching at Indiana and him, uh, Indiana and Michigan, I think they were both in the top five, but it was like one of those national game of the week. games on tv and uh after the game leslie visser was the sideline reporter and i'm not a big fan of the sideline reporters in general (laughs) um after the game indiana won and she gets coach knight to come over to for an interview and she goes bobby congratulations how did you beat michigan and he's without missing a beat. He said, "Well, in case you missed it, we scored more points than they did." <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Just right off the cuff like that. That's just how he was. He, he always had some quip like that that would you would that would make you chuckle and make you laugh. And it was sometimes it was off color, of course, but. <laughs> I mean, to me, he's you know he's he's one of the greatest basketball coaches ever. And he, he's definitely old school, and he rubbed people the wrong way. But like you said, his players, almost through a person, loved playing for him. And 
I think there was more good than bad there, I guess right. I would say. Well, speaking of basketball, I just want to – we want to diverse for a little bit here. I want to ask you about your opinion on the big recruit that was in town last Saturday, uh, Patrick, mm -hmm. the big center. Do you think all the rumors saying Duke right now, do you think anything with the Naquan Tomlin situation – affected this young man's decision? I don't think that had anything to do with it. I've heard it's because of NIL money with Duke. They were able to, you know, promise him more than uh, K-State was. That's rumor. <laughs> I don't have that anything. That is a strong, good rumor. Back, back Same rumor up, I'm hearing. But I don't think the Thomas thing had anything to do with that, no. I don't well, know do how why it would. Do we think it's a foregone conclusion that it's over with? He's going to do? I don't think so. Um, See, I don't all think signs so are either. pointing that way, but I don't know. When when all the recruiting sites switch it, then that, they know something there. <laughs> so, but it's not 100% yet. So, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. What do you think? I think that uh, I think something is leaning, leaning strong, Duke, for whatever reason. Excuse me. And usually the players let the coaches know a week or so before they announce it. So, like, everybody knows. Usually that's mm -hmm. the case. They yeah. don't go into the, you know, the hat thing or whatever they do. Or how are they going to make the announcement without – the team that's going to actually be the team knows. So with so much sway going that way to Duke, it's giving me pause to think that something is happening, but I'm not convinced yet it's, that it's completely over. Mm -hmm. And if it's about NIL money, K-State may get into the ballpark and they might swing this thing back. I think the relationship part, he definitely loved K-State. Mm -hmm. But if it's a matter of NIL and it's a significant difference in NIL, then that's the reason for Duke. But I think if the money was fairly close, even if Duke was a little bit more, he would still swing K-State. Yeah, I agree that I think he let one of the coaches know, or maybe all the coaches at Duke know, that uh, he was going to lean or he's you know, going to announce that way. Probably gave him a verbal, you know, under the table, I guess, and something, you know, that's how that kind of got out there. So that's probably what happened. But until he makes that announcement, we don't know for sure. Right. I just think K-State Nation, though, they listen, it's not the end of the world. No. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes we get so invested in these recruits and, you know, that when you don't get them, it's like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. It's just part of the process. It is. I mean, it, you can't get – I mean, I can't get worked up about it. You know, I log on to Twitter and I see the freak out and the mob going. and Right. I just shake my head. You know, how? why are you getting worked up about this? I mean, and to be honest – We've had good recruits come in before on both football and basketball, but didn't even pan out the 
weren't any good. <laughs> so now this guy is a top 25 player, you know, you pretty, you know, pretty solid. You think he's going to be good, but it's, you know, no guarantee. So that's why I don't really get that worked up about it. It would be nice to get a player like that. Definitely. But I don't know. I just don't get worked up out about it. No, no question. Yeah. Well, our thoughts on the big game. Uh, I will say, to put this back in perspective, Kansas State has an opportunity to do something that still hasn't ever been done at Kansas State University, and that's to be repeating as back-to-back Big 12 champion. Now, it is still – they got a long way to go because they got four games to go. This is a big hurdle in that step. But it would clear the way for them to take care of business against Baylor, go on the road, play a very tough Kansas team, which would be another dogfight, and then have to end the season with another rival with Iowa State at home, which is always different tough. So I think the way K-State is looking at this is a like an NCAA tournament. One week at a time, but you can't be eliminated if you lose one. So they're going to take each one, one at a time. I like uh, K-State's chances in a close game in this one. Um, Mainly because I don't see any statistical advantage really either way for either team. But Quinn Ewers is not playing for Texas. So Malik Murphy will be playing. He'll be getting his second start in a row. He was just okay last week. And we have the senior quarterback with a lot of experience. I think that's going to be the difference in the game, to be honest. And that's why I give K-State slight advantage there. I think that, I think it's going to be a nail-biter throughout, probably back and forth. I think K-State wins something 27-24, something like that, a close, close game. Well, we're in the same neighborhood. I think K-State will pull it out 31-28. The reasoning is, number one, I do think Malik Murphy is a backup quarterback for a reason. Quinn Ewers is better. Uh, And when you don't have your starting quarterback, that is a drop-off. Now, we're not saying Malik Murphy doesn't have any talent. He wouldn't be Mm -hmm. on the Texas roster if he didn't. But he doesn't have the experience. Right. And he's still just a redshirt freshman. He only making his second start. And I think he's making it against one of the best defenses in the Big 12. So um, that's why I think Vegas got the line at four where it's at. I think that's why a lot of people are thinking that K-State has a puncher's chance. I think they can get it done. But it's going to be – it'll be a nip and tuck field goal type game, but I think we'll get it done 31-28. Yep. I agree with you. So I'm rolling with the Cats for a big, big, big victory. I am too, and let's get it done and roll on to that repeat. (laughs) No doubt. Well, for Believe in K-State, I'll be down in Austin, Joe. I'll be getting out here very early in the morning. All right. Uh, So I'll be cheering on the Cats from the uh, lovely city of Austin, Texas, and uh, hopefully we'll get it done. Yeah, I'll be cheering on the cats from my couch. 
I went went on snowboat earlier this week and I thought I could drive down there but yeah I looked at tickets and they were 110 bucks and like the top row of the stadium so yeah I decided against that I understand (laughs) well let's rock and roll we'll cheer them on and uh, go Wildcats go Wildcats thanks Reggie All right. have a good weekend you too man bye Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.